You're listening to an audio resource from Vineyard Church of the Rockies in Fort Collins, Colorado. We are joining God's mission, transforming all things, and you're invited. To learn more about us and how you can connect, please visit votr.church. Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to see you all this morning. Happy Sunday to you. Um, my name is Natalie, and I'm one of the pastors here at the Vineyard, and I just it's just so good to be with you. I want to say good morning to everyone on the live stream as well. I'm glad that you could tune in and engage with us this, this morning too. Um, well, as Jeff said, today we're celebrating Pentecost. Pentecost is kind of a religious word. Some of us know exactly what it means, but for others of us, this is the first time that you're hearing about this word Pentecost. Basically, what it is, is Pentecost celebrates when God gives us the gift of his Holy Spirit. If Easter celebrates the death and resurrection of Jesus, then Pentecost celebrates the truth that God's presence and power is always with us. At our church, we want to specifically focus on this topic today because we are a people of the Spirit. We believe in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit and that we can have encounters with the living God. And people want to have experiences outside of just their own physical life and the physical world that we live in. There are places all over the front range where people are seeking spiritual experiences of one kind or another. I mean, have you ever been to Boulder? (laughs) Right? Okay, so you're aware, right? (laughs) But it's not just there, right? It's here, it's right here in Fort Collins. It's not hard to find psychics or different types of meditation places. There's healing crystals and even tarot card readings within a few miles from right here from this church. But as Christians, we believe those are only counterfeit experiences of the one true God. And at the Vineyard, we we believe that when we are gathered together, that when we are worshiping and when we pray, that God is among us, that he's with us by the power and the presence of his spirit, and that he intends to engage with us in every way that we might experience him. Not just to uh, think about him, right? Not just to believe in him, but to actually experience his presence in our lives today. God's transforming power is among us when we gather. So Pentecost Sunday is a day that the church has remembered for 2,000 years where the Holy Spirit fell on the believers and they experienced the kingdom of God at work in their lives. The Holy Spirit was no longer this theory or something to hope for, but it became a tangible and real experience. So let's look at Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13 together. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability." At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are. 
Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene. There were visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, and we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk. That's all. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> like, that says that in the Bible. <laughs> Some people were amazed and curious, right? And others thought that they had too much to drink. People were struggling in this moment to figure out exactly what was happening. But what we do know is that they're watching these people and physically seeing something take place out of the ordinary, and somehow they're all talking in languages that they recognized. Miracles were really taking place in this moment. And listen to the words. It's all experiential and encounter language. This is how it's described, okay? They, they see something that looks like tongues of fire, so it's visible. They can see it. They hear something that sounds like the wind. People came running because they heard the sound. They also felt something. There's something happening to their bodies. For so many years, and I think it's still true today, that the Holy Spirit remains a theory and an idea for so many of us, but throughout the scriptures. And definitely here at Pentecost, when people experience God, and specifically the Holy Spirit, the language that's used includes things that are seen, felt, and heard. It's all encounter language that can be experienced with your senses. Now, this, this crazy experience does something to them. Continuing on in Acts 2, Peter all of a sudden preaches this message. Acts 2, 14 to 21. Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you. Fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. <laughs> it says this, okay? No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. This is found in Joel 2. It continues on in verse 17. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark, and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day the Lord arrives." But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Peter is preaching, you're standing in a miraculous moment that God promised a long time ago. And if you give your life to Christ, he'll fill you with his spirit. Now, if you're not sure that you, if you have a life with Jesus, here's the great news. God made a way for you to have a life with him. His promise is that you'll never have to be afraid of anything, even death, because God came and he reached for you. 
If you've never given your life to Christ, then in a little bit during our time together this morning, I'm going to invite you to do just that. Do you need Jesus to be Lord of your life? Are you in need of a hope that only Jesus can bring you? Then consider committing your life to him this morning because in verse 21 it says, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. But there's more than that in this passage. It's not just that Jesus showed us how to get to heaven, but now he's made a way for heaven to come to earth. And that's what Pentecost is all about. The power and the presence of God is being poured out on all people. And this power is so overwhelming. It's changing the way even their body works and what they say and how they behave to where they look unique to other people. Pentecost is the moment where we no longer hope to get to heaven someday, right? But instead, heaven crashes into earth. Heaven is reaching out to you. And that might be news that might be news to you. It might be news because one of the gospel messages that we sometimes misinterpret is that our Christian life is all about leaving earth and going to heaven. And it's not. I mean, that's part of it. We all hope for heaven someday, but the fullness of the gospel is that heaven wants to invade your life today. I mean, what do you expect, right? When we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, Lord, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When the presence and power of the kingdom of God comes, the Holy Spirit sets things right and brings restoration. That's why sometimes when people encounter the power of God, interesting things happen. It's because our bodies are being healed. Anxiety is being lifted. Uh, Shame is being dramatically removed. When heaven invades your life, it brings transformation. As, As I was preparing for today, I was reminded of one of the very first times that I saw heaven break in in a real, real tangible way. A time in college where I saw the Holy Spirit bring dramatic restoration to one of the students that I knew. Now, Jeff and I, we went to a small college in Pella, Iowa, and everyone lived on campus. So because we were so close, there comes a point where you start to recognize everyone around you. Well, one year, there was this new student. His name was Nick, who he would always walk around campus, and he always looked so mad. His head would always be down, and his shoulders would be slouched, and he always wore these interesting clothes that expressed his anger and clearly stated to anyone looking, I don't like you, or I don't want to be your friend. And that's what, that's what he walked around like, right? And eventually, he started showing up at campus ministry gatherings. You could tell he was really curious, and he had questions about our faith community. He started hanging in the back, not really engaging with anyone all that much. Um, he looked pretty uncomfortable. But he kept showing up. He kept showing up. He slowly started to stand up a little bit taller, And this was a gradual thing, but eventually he gave his life to the Lord. And it was a miracle. You could see a little glimpse of joy in his life after that point. Okay? It was a miracle. It was really sweet. 
to watch. Well, one Sunday, one Saturday afternoon, I was hanging out in my dorm room, and the door was open, and I heard some noise down the hall, and I had some, all of a sudden, I had some students come running into my room, and they're like, Natalie, Natalie, Nick is having a seizure. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what to do. And I, I remember I started running down the hall, and I'm like, you know how like you just respond and you, someone asks you, and I started to respond. I had all these thoughts racing through my head. I'm not qualified for this. Did anyone call 911? Is there like a medic? Like, I don't know what to do. I've never handled this situation. And so I'm running down the hall and I get to his room and sure enough, he's having a seizure. He's in the middle of a seizure on the floor and no one's protecting his head. So I've seen movies and I know that I can do that, okay? I was like, I'm gonna protect his head and all these things were happening. I mean, it was, it was pretty earthy, right? There was a little bit of like, he was like foaming at the mouth and there was snot and his eyes were rolled back and he was shaking and, and just uncontrollable, right? All these things were happening. So I got down, I'm protecting his head and I don't know why, but I was so calm weirdly calm, like it, it did not make sense. Everyone probably thought I knew exactly what I was doing. I had no clue. <laughs> I had no idea. The only thing that, that I was really confident in doing was protecting his head and praying for God to come. And so that's what I did. That's what I started to do. I prayed, come Holy Spirit. Again, I prayed for healing, for restoration over his body, praying for peace that only God could bring, praying freedom from anything that may be attacking his, his body. Because not every, not every seizure is demonic, but if it was, I'm going to cover all my bases. And so I started praying that, right? While I was praying, the seizure started to escalate and get bigger and bigger, and he was shaking, and, and then all of a sudden, bam, instant peace. It stopped. And I, I was, again, I was like, what just happened? He sat up. He looked like he was a little bit in shock. And I have all these questions like, God, did, God, did you just heal him? I, what just happened? Did, did you just set him free? I didn't know if this was an answer to prayer or if the seizure had just ended. So I asked him. I was like, how are you doing? Like, what's going on for you? And this is what he said. He said, I feel so peaceful and I feel joy. It was profound. This is not a typical response from someone having a seizure. This is what I know. I even offered to take him to the hospital because I wasn't sure if we should do that or not. But he said, I think God did something to me. I don't need to go. And that's when I knew it wasn't a seizure. Nick had experienced the power of God. And he had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Heaven broke into his life, and from that day forward, you could physically see the transformation in his life. He walked lighter, his head was lifted high, and for the next few weeks, he literally could not stop talking about the power of Jesus. He shared the gospel with anyone that he could, unashamedly. His personality was completely transformed, and it was like all this weight, all the chains that kept him, hold him down, that were holding him down kind of finally lifted. He smiled so big. Like he, This kid was known for his smile after that point. It was beautiful. Nick was changed forever. I know I was changed just from witnessing it. Everyone who knew him was changed. It's something that we'll never forget because we encountered the Lord that day. 
These are the moments when the power of heaven becomes so real for us. It's not just about dying and going to heaven someday, but it's about heaven coming to earth to bring restoration and wholeness and a spirit-filled life. The scriptures make it really clear that our best life is lived when we're empowered by and we have experiences with the Holy Spirit. Our life with God changes and transforms and makes all things new. So the question that you have to answer, which I cannot answer for you, is how much of heaven do you want to experience? How much of the Holy Spirit do you want in your life? The scriptures talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit is to have God's presence overwhelm you. That that even your personality would be transformed into the likeness of Christ. That your mind and your heart would be transformed. It It might change even how you talk or how you feel. Like Nick, you could be transformed. Do you want the fullness of what God has for you in this life? In Ephesians chapter 5, Paul says, don't get drunk with wine, but instead be filled with the Spirit. This means don't drink of what this world has to offer. Instead, be filled with everything from heaven. Ask for God to immerse you with his presence, with his love, his mercy, his kindness. In the vineyard, you've heard us pray, come Holy Spirit. We pray it all the time in our gatherings. We're not saying God isn't already with us. What we are saying is, fill us again, Lord. We need you again, Lord. Empower us again. Touch our bodies. Touch our minds. Take over our lives and fill this place in all of us with the power and the presence of heaven itself. As I close... I want you to know that I'm going to pray this prayer over us this morning. I'm going to ask God to fill you afresh with his spirit. Here at the Vineyard, we create space every Sunday for people to receive prayer. We pray, come Holy Spirit, because when we come together, we can remember Pentecost and ask to be filled afresh. Now with this prayer, some of you might want to resist. You may even have some questions like, will I lose control? What am I going to have to give up? Maybe the question is, what if I don't experience anything? These are good questions. And you might lose control, at least a little bit. Following God requires surrender, even surrender of self. The truth is, when we pray, come Holy Spirit, We don't always know what God is going to do, but we do know it's going to be good. It's a step of faith. It always is. But if God is good and kind and gracious, and if we don't want the Holy Spirit to just remain this theory, right, this far-off thing, then we have to be willing to lay our lives down so that we can experience the fullness of life with him. And we're not the only church that is going to be praying that prayer this morning. Come, Holy Spirit. There are vineyard churches all over the world gathering today 
Pentecost Sunday, okay? Coming together before God again and saying, come Holy Spirit, fill us afresh, fill our churches and fill our lives. We need to be filled with your spirit, Lord. So one last time, here's the question of the day. How much of the Holy Spirit do you want in your life? We're going to do our normal time of reflection and ministry and response in a moment, but this has to be the question that marks our time together today on Pentecost Sunday. How much of the Holy Spirit do you want in your life? Let's pray.